0: There. Welcome to the Soil and Roots podcast, cultivating deep discipleship in community. I'm Brian Fisher. And I'm Kyle Moody. And we have reached the end of season three. Wow, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah, when I started it, I thought it was going to be like eight episodes. Really? <laughs> yeah, and now it's been like almost a year. Well, worth of Well, that's episodes. just
1: awesome that God just orchestrated it to where he was like, nope, you got a lot more to say than that.
0: When we first started the season, within the first five or six episodes, I was getting these emails and phone calls like, hey, we love the five elements, but wh- what do we do? Like, what's the how? And you yeah. might remember that I was like, yeah, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll figure it you out. You guys figure it out. And then right? <laughs> that wasn't... The, the audience didn't want that. They, mm-hmm. they wanted it to drive to some sort of crystallized uh, finish line, and that's what we've done. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've created greenhouses as a concept of how we cultivate deep discipleship in community. And last week really was the first episode where we practically explained what it is and how they operate and why so many folks may have that desire, that longing to be a part of these specific communities we call greenhouse. So today we are greenhousing the greenhouse. Yes. Yeah. So think of episode 58 as the why and who, what, where, when. And now we're going to basically do a and a and talk about some of our own personal experiences in, mm. in being in a greenhouse and why we really feel convicted, passionate uh, to see more and more greenhouses form, really not not only all over the West, but all over the world. Mm-hmm. Because our own personal experience in a greenhouse, really we, we are experiencing the five elements, at least in my life. Mm. I'm experiencing the five elements in ways I haven't experienced before. Mm, absolutely. Having been in uh, church my entire life, I can say with great certainty that the greenhouse because it specifically and intentionally embodies time, habit, intimacy, community, instruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, in fact, formative, and I think it has been for all the folks who have uh, who have joined ours. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the why. Last episode, I kind of walked back through the five elements, and you know, this whole season has been about the formation gap—the fact that most of us who have a desire to become more like Jesus, to live like he lived, and to think like he thinks, and to have his ideas, that that process is an immersive, comprehensive, relational journey. Mm-hmm. But we live in a culture that tends to portray it as an intellectual journey, or perhaps as a purely emotional journey. Mm-hmm. And so we spent you know, the entire season exploring that in, in great detail, and then said, look, the solution is to reform the communities that Jesus started and that Paul and Peter started and recognizing that they're probably going to look a little bit different. We live Mm -hmm. in a completely different society, obviously, than, than the Roman empire in the first century. So how do we adapt the five elements that Jesus modeled in a way that contemporary modern Christianity can can get into.
1: So m- one of the big questions was, how is this any different than a community group? Hmm. Like that was the thing that when we first started out doing ours, that was one of the things that I was wrestling with, even though I knew it was going to be different, but I didn't know how it was going to be different. And so the, all of those things that you lined up, the, the recap for the first half of the episode, last, the last podcast episode, the whole, the first half was just a recap mm-hmm. And so as you're doing that, that outlines why this is different from a community group. Mm-hmm. Why now the, the community groups that I've been involved in in the past, they started out with great intentions. They started out with, you know, they had their their philosophy of what they wanted to do and they might have had a curriculum, maybe not, but it, it sort of turned into more of like a social club mm. or... It was, it became something that was, you felt obligated to do it. It was like, I'm in this now, so I've got to keep going with it. Even though I don't really know what's happening and it got, got kind of really disjointed. I think that is the thing that separates greenhouses from community groups is the intentionality behind it. Because we have, like you said, you've set up these things that it's not going to drift. It's not going to kind of unravel because we follow these rhythms that are in place and that it's, it's almost impossible for it to unravel because it has this structure to it. And that was the thing that was really different for me at being involved in this greenhouse and, and experiencing it.
0: So some, you know, people sometimes ask me, well, you know, is the greenhouse like a Bible study or like a community group? And I say, well, a greenhouse is a greenhouse. It's right. not, it it's isn't different. either of those things, at least mm-hmm. in, in my experience. So it sounds a little bit weird because we're using a new term. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not that greenhouse is a new term, but we're not using it the way that normally you would think right. of a greenhouse, but it is what it, it's, it's different than the, that's the point mm-hmm. We we are intentionally cultivating deep discipleship in a type of community that we've lost. Not that there's... I mean, there are great things about Bible studies and community groups, for sure. Absolutely. And they're to be honored and participated with. But the greenhouse is a unique animal. When Mm -hmm. you sit down and you say, look, we're going to meet twice a week Mm -hmm. and every week we're going to work through these four rhythms, reflection, exploration, soul care, and spiritual habits. And we've time-boxed those things, not because we're trying to rush anybody, but Mm -hmm. because we are honoring... Everybody's time, and we're honoring the rhythms themselves. There is something really different mm-hmm. that happens as a group because there's everybody has the same expectation, mm-hmm. everybody knows exactly what we're going to be walking through. Mm-hmm. But I, I've found the conversation to be really rich. Oh, I mean, really, really rich,
1: and it's never it. To your point, it never feels rushed. It's not like, oh, okay, or, well, we've got five more minutes, and it's just dead space. It's never turned into that. Right. It's always been very fluid and very organic, if I can go along with the whole <laughs> Good soil and roots thing. Um, but star. it's just... Yeah, thank you. Yep. I'll, I know I'll, how much you like affirmation. I'll, oh, man, I tell you, now I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. There you go. So, but yeah, it's just the the rhythm of it is very, very smooth. And we were talking about this before we started, but the role of the facilitator. And again, that's another thing that separates greenhouses, I think, is that you have these different roles. You have the facilitator, you have the host, you have the participants, that that's outlined, that there's expectations for each of those roles and what that looks like with the facilitator. You do a great job in our greenhouse of guiding that discussion and keeping the time constraints. I was reflecting on that before we started recording was that. That was that's huge to be able to say, okay well, we've got about we've got this amount of time set aside for soul care. So we're going to talk about that. We've got this amount of time. And it's not like you're not dictatorial about it. Like, okay but it's just you're mindful of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge role for the facilitator to be mindful of it again, not to be an ogre, but to be aware that, okay here's our time frame for that. Let's let that go again. If it bleeds over five or minutes or so, whatever, that's fine. Right. But to just be the rhythm, the rhythm, that's the other thing. Rhythms of greenhouses are different from anything that I've experienced. And that's what contributes, I think, to that rich discussion. Because we know, okay, here's the time for this. And we go into that. And it's just been, it's been, I look forward to it. And again, the, the other thing that I think a lot of people struggle with, or d- before they even get into it, is two times a week. Right. That's crazy. There's no way that that can ever happen. Yeah. If that is your mentality, then for right now, I would think a greenhouse is not for you. Right. And that's okay. For the people that are like, huh, two times, okay, I could maybe see that work. Or, but you're still a little, maybe a little trepidatious about it. That, go for it and just see. Because again, my wife and I, we have three amazing kiddos. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. We're able to make it work. And it's not something like, oh my gosh, here we go. We got to get something. thing. It's something that we look forward to and we, it's like anything else. Like you've mentioned before, you've got gymnastics, you've got T-ball, you've got soccer, whatever it is, you find ways to work around it. Mm -hmm. This, you find ways to work around it because you know how enriching it is. Mm -hmm. And like you said, every single time when we come out of one of our greenhouses, I am just so filled and so enriched by the conversations. And it's just, I can't speak enough about them because there's just, it's just such an amazing way to see Jesus working and to see the Holy Spirit working, not only through me, but through the other people that are involved and to see, to feel their, their struggles and to celebrate with them. I mean, it's just, this is the kind of community that God set us up for.
0: Right. Yeah. I think the facilitator is a, is a crucial role. Mm -hmm. We talked about it last episode, but this is not a role that we're used to envisioning in mm-hmm. our current Christian ethos. Right. Somebody who's not there to teach. Right. That's who's huge. not there to correct. Mm-hmm. Who's not there to pick on every theological issue. Who isn't, quite honestly, picking up Bible verses and and trying to uh, instruct. That's not, that's actually not the point of the greenhouse. No. Because we assume in our current culture that instruction is available anywhere, anytime. Mm hmm. The, we use the podcast episodes as the raw material but even that is generated that that's intended to generate discussion and exploration and disagreement it's not intended to be disagreeable but it's right. it leaves open the possibility of doubt or disagreement and you know those conversations go in all sorts of ways i I think the specialness the uniqueness if I can use that word of a greenhouse is that everybody actually is coming with the intent of becoming more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And everybody understands that they will be invited, mm-hmm. not obligated, but invited to engage at a level of heart depth that by and large has been missing in much of our our uh, our cultural, mm-hmm. our cultural, not our church experience, but our cultural experience. So you know obviously the critical question for me is, is the greenhouse is it intending? Is it fulfilling its intention, which is to be a place where I am being formed more and more like Jesus, mm-hmm. and I can say genuinely that is happening mm-hmm. in my own walk, as I look at the fruits of the Spirit, as I research and study Jesus' life. Uh, the greenhouse is creating a an ecosystem in which my heart is, in fact embodying more of Jesus's ideas and less of my own. Mm -hmm. It's a lifelong journey. It's Mm -hmm. slow. Mm -hmm. It has ups and downs. There's no expectation that next week, you know, we're going to be walking on water. However, the rhythms, those four rhythms, Mm. which are, you know, pulled from antiquity primarily, Mm -hmm. uh, do what they're set up to do, providing the facilitator gives space and breath for that to happen and doesn't look at it the way that we look at other great groups which are more instruction or, or, uh, corrective. This is not, that's not what we're doing. This is a slow, intentional community designed to grow together, to become more like Jesus. And it gives a lot of space, a lot of space mm-hmm. for that to happen. And a lot of grace and a lot of kindness and a mm-hmm. lot of gentleness Gen- yep. and a lot of patience mm-hmm. Uh, for that to happen. So, I mean, that's the key question for you. We've been in the greenhouse now together. Do you sense that you are becoming more like Jesus as a result of your commitment to that group?
1: Well, see, absolutely. I can say that without even thinking about it. But while you were talking about that, I started thinking about it, And it's amazing that you just you just asked that question. Because the greenhouse facilitates the work that I'm doing in the spaces between the greenhouse. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, and that's another huge difference, is that the things that I am doing when I'm not in a greenhouse are... They are bringing forth... My relationship with Jesus is being formed. I'm, the things that I'm doing, the rhythms that I'm going through in my life outside of the greenhouse are then accentuated and explored in and supported in the greenhouse as i go forward and so it's not like okay well i'm just waiting around and then i get to the greenhouse because i think that was another that's another huge difference is that this is not where you sit and get taught this is where you're reflecting on your walk with jesus Mm -hmm. and how you are being formed with him that's another i think huge difference because it's not like you said the facilitator is not there teaching you don't teach i mean for heaven's sake the creator of this would, it would be very easy for you to slip into that role. And you don't do that. You are just, you're uh, what a great facilitator should do is guiding the, 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 the discussion and a great listener. You mentioned that that's a huge quality of a facilitator is to be a really good listener and allow these things to happen. And even when you do disagree and we've had disagreements come up (laughs) in our, in our greenhouse, that's happened. And, but it's, 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 handled in a way where it's like, okay, I'm not trying to convince someone that they're wrong. I'm not trying to convince someone that
0: I'm right. You're, you're hinting at an important phrase, which is civil discourse, Mm. which is something has been all but lost in our culture and, and to some degree in the church. So one of the things that a facilitator does is invites civil discourse. Now, again, we've been doing the greenhouse for a while. It's not like every week there's disagreement on issues. Most of the time there isn't. But when there is, the participants are invited to share their perspective Mm -hmm. and to share their disagreement with either the podcast or another participant in a way that may be passionate Mm -hmm. and may be direct, Mm -hmm. but the sort of underlying rule is we're all going to shake hands, hug and part friends at the end, and we are disagreeing with positions. This is not a devaluation of a person. Absolutely. Absolutely that of course is where our culture has fallen like if i if i disagree with you it means i'm devaluing you mm-hmm. in civil discourse you give the environment where anybody can say i think that's wrong and here's why well i think that's right and here's why mm-hmm. biblically and at the end of the day there still might be complete disagreement yeah but there's also been validation that the person is made in the image of God and has extraordinary value. Mm. And a good facilitator will create an environment where that invitation is always extended. Again, that doesn't mean that people come to be disagreeable. That has not been our experience. People are coming to be formed more like Jesus, but that obviously means there's going to be areas that are confusing, Mm -hmm. or there might be dissent, or there Mm -hmm. might be doubt. And the facilitator's job is not to sort through all that. It's to create an environment where the group can explore it together. Mm -hmm. And this is very difficult for Westerners. This is not the way that we're used to being formed. We're used to being told what to do Mm -hmm. and told exactly what the Bible means and told exactly, you know, I've heard this presentation. I'm now going to explore this because I want to get into a deeper and deeper understanding of truth. And oftentimes... That's a multi-layered process. Oh, yeah. So I think civil discourse, creating an environment for civil discourse, loving discourse, is an essential component of what a facilitator does and not not uh, kind of fall into the trap of, um, of teaching in this environment. Teaching in other environments is... <laughs> Essential, absolutely, but not in the greenhouse. That's right. not that's not the purpose. So I think some of the dis- that's a distinctive the four rhythms: mm. exploration, reflection, soul care, which is such a beautiful mm-hmm. rhythm, and spiritual discipline. And our group is we're practicing spiritual disciplines together yep. as a group. Mm-hmm. So we're kingdom centered. We have a we are studying and exploring Jesus not only as our Savior but the King of the cosmos who is redeeming the entire cosmos mm-hmm. at present. That's a central uh, idea that permeates the greenhouse. Uh, the discipleship dilemma, you know, is basically we need to know Jesus well, but if we don't understand our own history, personal history, if we don't understand our own story, if we don't understand how the events in our past impact the way that we relate now, mm-hmm. it's really hard to grow to be more like Jesus. There, there is an intuitive sense that we have to know both parties. And so we give a lot of space. mm mm-hmm to explore how our past impacts our present, mm-hmm. our theological upbringing, uh, family of origin, joys, celebrations, wounds, abuse. those things are allowed to breathe mm-hmm. understanding that I think is necessary for that to become it's un, it's necessary to do that in order to become more like Jesus. If we don't understand our own hearts, it's really hard. So we have the kingdom, we have story that solves the discipleship dilemma, and then, of course, we have these very specific communities. And, you know, there's lots of – I have been thrilled and amazed and at times sad, Mm -hmm. saddened by the experiences, you know, even of folks in our own greenhouse. We have 10 folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four of them attend remotely, Mm -hmm. and six are in person. Mm -hmm. So we're a hybrid group, Yep. uh, and we're a parachurch model. Mm-hmm. So we're not all in the same church. You and I go to separate churches. Right. Everybody goes to a separate church. Yep. And it's a beautiful mix.
1: From my perspective, it's not about okay, well, I'm going to convince this person that they're they're wrong, or oh, I must be wrong because they think this. So what's wrong with me? It's more about well, I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to think, oh, well, why why do you think this? Or so are you saying this just to kind of get some clarity? It's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about let me ex- let's explore this. Let's like you said. Let's give the space to have our hearts be able to be open and discuss these things that it's maybe never been able to discuss before and given a platform to be able to gently and safely explore those things and journey through those things. That's another thing that I think is key with a greenhouse is the, that element of safety. This is a place Mm -hmm. where I can be open I can be honest. I can be raw. And we've had conversations like oh, that. Yeah. Yep. Several people, I, I mean, I, I can't think of anybody in our group that has not ventured into that space in one way or the other. And it's not a forced thing. It's not about, well, everybody's got. No, it's if somebody is quiet and wants to kind of observe for a while, that's great. Yep. Because you have no idea what's going on in their heart. You have no idea how that's forming. And then when they get to the place where they feel comfortable to say that, then it's going to be so much more beautiful than, oh, well, Charlie hasn't said anything. So, Charlie, we're going to start with you. What do you th- I mean, don't we don't need to put people on blast like that. It's just, hey, you know what? Charlie's thinking. It's an imitation. Charlie's, Yeah, exactly.
0: So that's great. Let's sort of turn to tactical questions. You 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 listened to the episode, and I have the FAQ out there, but you came up with a list of mm-hmm. questions that other people might have that are more practical. Okay, how does this actually work? So right. you came up with a great list. Let's mm-hmm. walk through some of this. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I think one of the big things was about kids. Oh, yeah. Can kids be a part of the, of the greenhouse?
0: Yeah, we talk about a system, and not a bureaucracy. Right. The least amount of structure is possible to create the most amount of flexibility as we can. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when it comes to kids, you know, we're talking about massive age difference. The, mm-hmm. On the FAQ on the site, we talk about, look, with young children, right, uh, the group may want to... The point is to avoid interruption and distraction because the conversations can get really important. Mm-hmm. They can get very personal. Uh, and, and we just want to make space and we want to honor that. Sure. So for 90 minutes, two times a week... Let's come together and figure out a solution where our kids are very well taken care of mm-hmm. and not a concern for the participants, but that the rhythms are allowed to uh, proceed without interruption. Mm-hmm. So this same through same thing for technology. We you turn the phones off and we put them away for 90 minutes because we're we're dialed in. When it comes to adult, older children or adult children, uh, I I do think that should be left up in the way that it's currently done is left up to the group. So mm-hmm. if you have 15, 16, 18, even a young adult, like a 21, 22 year old, uh, I think the group can easily pray through whether or not it makes sense to do that. We, you just have to be conscious of considerations. Do the parents want certain things shared in the presence of their children? That's sure. a consideration. Yeah. Is it going to cause a lack of participation with other adult members of the group or not? Mm-hmm. And I, I think different groups decide differently. And, you know, again... Sorlin Roots, from a a ministry perspective, our role is to say, look, we want to provide the least amount of structure that incorporates the four rhythms and cultivates deep discipleship Mm -hmm. and allow the groups themselves an enormous amount of autonomy Mm -hmm. to work through those things, assuming that the environment is inviting, it's peaceful, it's safe, uh, and that we give every opportunity to invite somebody to participate in that deep discipleship. Those are sort of the those are sort of the parameters. Yeah,
1: and following those rhythms that you've set up. It, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, another another question would be, how do I ask people to come to a greenhouse? Is there a certain script, or <laughs> is there is there uh, I I know something that
0: I, no. I mean, again, we're trying to the least amount of structure is possible that facilitates the most amount of spiritual formation. I mean, how did ours come together? We just started talking to people about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, um, we think that in many corners of the West, there are folks that feel a disconnection, um, from God and from themselves and others. And that we're not really sure if the promises of the new Testament, we're not experiencing what we think we should be experiencing, Um, and a greenhouse is a place to explore and to invite that, Mm -hmm. to, to, to fall into the deep end of discipleship and resolve that disconnection with God and with others and with ourselves and to experience the more of what the Bible alludes to in terms of a, of a mature Christian. And this is how it works. Would you like to check it out? You know what I mean? Or, you know, some people are referring to these two episodes or to the website or, or whatnot. Which are all fine, but my my sense is, I mean, when you and I were putting our greenhouse together, mm-hmm. y- when you would talk about it in theory, it was evident within about thirty seconds right. whether or not that was a that was a pain point for somebody or it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And the people, you know, the reaction from people that had never heard of a greenhouse before was, "I have never heard of anything like that, and I need that." Yeah. Versus folks that say, "Oh, that's cool, you know," but I have a I have a cool Bible study in right. a community. Yeah. Well, great, go yeah, for it. Super. That this is not for them. Right. But usually the reaction is really evident pretty quickly mm-hmm. whether or not somebody is being drawn into the the deeper ends of discipleship. Yeah. So in, in our case, our group was pretty easy. It came together quickly and and pretty easily. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and when I say when I say script, it's not like you know some kind of sales pitch. It's more of because for me, I, I like to have like a formulation in my mind of what I want to say to somebody. And so, again, these are all the things that we're constantly trying to help greenhouses with and things of that nature. But I think if you just go up to somebody and say, hey, it's all about deep discipleship, that right there, (laughs) if you get somebody that's like, oh, what is that? that?" Then that's probably somebody that's going to be interesting. Right. Then it's just something that you can kind of organically go into and just kind of talk about, hey, these are the things... And it's not about, well, this is what we do. and it, uh, It's just a, a conversation, like you said. It's right. just a very relaxed conversation.
0: It's inviting. Yeah. I cannot stress it is an invitation, mm. mm-hmm. and we are not obligated to force or persuade. In our greenhouse, we extended several invitations and mm-hmm. talked about it, and the folks that the Holy Spirit was leading in that direction came, mm-hmm. and it, it was not a difficult process yeah. at all and the
1: ones they couldn't didn't and yeah. they were like okay well, not for and we love them and maybe
0: down the road it will be
1: absolutely yeah. yeah um so kind of going off on that what if i desperately want to start a greenhouse but i can't find anybody to do it
0: well get in touch with us <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a couple of possibilities um we, in our greenhouse we have folks that dial in remotely mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, We have a hybrid group. So there mm-hmm. are groups that are only online. There are groups that are only in person. And then there are hybrid groups. And th- I think they all can work just fine. So the point is that we want folks to be able to plug in somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so if they're unable to form one in their own uh, area, just get in touch with us and yeah. we'll figure out what we can do. Again,
1: that's that's a huge thing. That's another element to this, that we see the value of these greenhouses. We see how impactful they are. And if somebody is coming up to a situation where they're like, man, I would really like to start one. We would be more than happy to walk you through that sure. and help you with that yeah. because there are things that you can explore to do it. That's what we do. Yep. Um, okay. So the other one. So two days a week. <laughs> is there, you know, and again, I'm asking questions that I know people are thinking. Yeah. And so is, does it have to be a certain two days?
0: Days of the week? Mm-hmm. Does oh, it have no. to be on a Sunday? No. It can be whatever the group decides Mm -hmm. Uh, where, where, but what, what doesn't work for soil and roots is not two times a week. We we have discovered now through being in a greenhouse, you know, when we first started architecting these and prayerfully thinking through how to get them started, we thought, Oh my gosh, twice a week, this is never going to fly. Now that we've done it, you realize that it doesn't work unless it's twice a week. Like that, that is a requirement for Mm -hmm. sure. Yep. Uh, and it's a commitment, and we we get it. And again, it's an invitation. But twice a week, ninety minutes. Uh, we follow the Vince Lombardi rule. We start in time. We end on time. I know you hate that, but that's what oh we do. My gosh. Uh, because we want to honor everybody's time, and because we recognize we live in the West, which has a frenetic pace to it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to we're going to accomplish a lot together, of substance, of depth, in the time we've allotted. But in terms of the actual days of the week, when we started ours, we basically we had a setup meeting, yeah, and we sat around and we said, well, "Well, it works?" And so, you know, in our case, we've been doing Thursday nights and uh, Sunday afternoons, mm-hmm. um, and it's worked. It's worked great. But you know, in six months, it may not be as good, and so we'll change it yeah. again. There's no, uh, it's not a legalistic framework. The the structure is twice a week for ninety minutes. Here are the four rhythms. Here are the rough time frames in which those rhythms get accomplished. These are designed for a specific purpose to help us be formed in community to be be more like Jesus. But outside the, you know, the gastro gathering, yeah, the meal is part of the deal. Mm -hmm. And the meal's been beautiful. I mean, it's part of our greenhouse. It's been an amazing enhancement to to the community. Um, Those things are required because they're so fundamental to spiritual formation. But things like, you know, children, things like, uh, who's how? How is the meal being prepared? Or who does it, or what days of the week? That stuff's entirely open to each individual greenhouse. It is a commitment. It's yeah. a commitment to the group's spiritual formation. Somebody asked me last week, I think, "What if you know some participants like show up only once a week mm-hmm. or once every two weeks?" Mm-hmm. Well, the the challenge is that there that's not a commitment to the group. You're committing not only to Christ, you're committing to the group's spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. If you're not there, it hurts the group. Mm-hmm. It it they're not experiencing the fullness of of what the group is intended to do what you bring to the table what the, you bring to yeah, the table exactly so it is uh nobody's taking attendance maybe someday we will have to do all that nonsense but re- that's not the point but in our in our case um the attendance has been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Even when some folks are on vacation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some folks are have some schedule conflicts. I mean, they're making every effort to be a part of that community, and it shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, the strength of our greenhouse is really in the commitment of its of its folks. That's why flexibility is so important. If your greenhouse meets on Mondays and Thursdays, and three months down the road somebody has a job schedule change and they can no longer do Monday, the group has every flexibility to say, "Hey, look, so let's work together and figure out you know another time that might facilitate Absolutely. for everybody."
1: Absolutely. Uh, so going back to the meal, um, that I think is another big hot button issue for, for greenhouses. Again, that when we set ours up, it, we had a conversation and this is what we recommend for people that are starting greenhouses is have this conversation, have these practical talks about what, what this looks like. Do we want somebody to bring the, the whole meal? Do we want one family to bring the meal? Do we want to split it up? Do we want to have somebody bring a main course, somebody bring a dessert? All of that is up to the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Whatever you guys want to do, whatever works for you, for us, it, it works to rotate by family. Mm-hmm. So one one uh, uh, Sunday or the Thursday gathering is the gastro gathering. So it might be you and Jessica that provide the meal. Then it's uh, Then it's us and then it's another family. And so it rotates. And so that works for our group. And yeah, I mean, again, balancing all of the things, getting the dinner ready, driving it, transporting it. Yes, it is a, sometimes it's a challenge, but when you know that's coming and you've had those discussions in your group, then it's not as overwhelming. It's like, oh, well, who's doing it this way? What are we? But again, when you get to that structure, that's one of the things that you're like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's have us have this plan, but then it can change, you know? I mean, you know, you start doing it for a couple of months and you're like, you know what? Let's change it up to where somebody just brings the main course, and somebody's like, all right, great, great. Talk about and it. And the
0: host, the host is the one that facilitates that. Mm-hmm. So in our group, my wife Jessica is the host, and mm-hmm. so she, we had a we had a we walk new greenhouses through this. You have a setup gathering, yeah, absolutely, where all this stuff sort of gets ironed out before you start working through the four rhythms. And one of the things that's discussed is how do we want to start exploring how the meal is provided. Honestly, the trick with the meal is getting the group started on time mm-hmm. because uh, whoever is responsible for the meal needs to get there early to get it set up and get it ready mm-hmm. because you want the group to start. Whatever time you've published, that's when the opening prayer starts so right. you're honoring that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, usually it takes a few weeks and, and folks get in the rhythm and they're showing up a few minutes early to make sure they have their food and they can yeah. sit down and start talking. It breaks all the zoom protocols because everybody's eating online and you're talking with your mouth full. It looks weird sometimes, but you know what? That, it works. It works. It's, it, I think it's been a tremendously positive uh, element to our greenhouse. And mm-hmm. that's why we, that's what it's one of the requirements. Let's, mm-hmm. let's make sure we eat together once a week.
1: So that meeting revolves around the meal and it's It, it just, it, it's so beautiful to see and to be able to break bread with people and enjoy that meal. And just, it, it it provides a level of comfort and a level of ease in during that whole discussion. That's when you do the soul care. That's when you do the, uh, the spiritual yep. habits. And right. it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see and be a yeah, part of.
0: It's been awesome. And the food's been amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. So that's the basics of a greenhouse. And, you know, Kyle and I are sort of living testimony to the power of restoring new Testament communities. to, you know, what's, let's admit it's somewhat of a frenetic Western lifestyle, but when we commit to becoming more like Jesus together in a community, and in the greenhouse case, we do it twice a week at 90 minutes, and we're practicing these rhythms, reflection, exploration, uh, soul care, and spiritual disciplines, and we're doing it in the environment, the ecosystem of the three primary problems. We want to become kingdom-centric, Recognizing Jesus not only as our Savior, as our King, we want to give space to explore our stories uh, and how we fit into God's grand story. And we are intentional about our hearts accepting and embracing Jesus's ideas that we are in fact formed to be more and more like him, which sets us up for season four, yes. which I've been previewing uh, in bits and pieces all season long. So let me just give you a, a thirty seconds on where, where a minute on where we're going. So season one was an introduction to deep discipleship, and the concept that we are formed primarily through the progressive transformation of ideas and desires in our hearts. Sometimes those align with our beliefs, sometimes they don't. <laughs> season two was all about heart view. How do we actually determine the ideas in our hearts? And we talked through the eight indicators, some very practical ways that we, in cooperation with God and some trusted friends, can actually determine what's going on in our hearts by looking at our indicators. And, of course, Season 3 was all about the formation gap. Season 4 is all about the Forgotten Kingdom. So one of the primary themes of Soil and Roots is the fact that the gospel of the kingdom has largely been lost in the West over the past really few hundred years. And so we have talked about it in part. We're now going to spend an entire season exploring what is the kingdom, when is the kingdom, how is the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, and, and the second half of the season will be, what does it mean to live in the kingdom? Which is going to be oh. just a, an amazingly, I think riveting, uh, season of exploration Mm. so thanks so much for listening to season three it is a it is so good to be with you for those of you that are financially supporting us a huge thank Thank you you. we're continuing to grow because you are continuing to support Mm -hmm. the work of the ministry and uh we are we couldn't be more thrilled with season three and we can't be more excited about season four if you have questions you can check us out at Org, and as always you can email me or Kyle. Yeah. I'll forward it to him. Thank you. At Fish at soilandroots.org, we'll see you next time for season 4. Yes.